Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Long Chinese's Baptism Podcast channel. This is going to be rant number 11. Um, and generally, when I do a rant or a random thought, there is, I generally do the titles after I put them in the can. So this is uh, rant number 11. So generally, there are times when the Lord really pokes me with his finger and says, hey, get off your dead duff and say something. This is one of those cases. By the way, um, I'm going to be referring some stuff that people who are not familiar with Freemasonry are not going to be familiar with. Just for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Freemasons who are stumbling across this, just when I talk about the Freemasons, if you're even politically awake, just substitute the word Freemasons for the powers that be. So, I want to start my brain off by saying this. You know, I don't know how many times, I don't know more than I can count how I've been accused of being a know-it-all, um, you know, um, that I'm telling people stuff and because I'm new or, and that's another thing too. I am not new to Catholicism. I'm not new. The Vatican II sect um, is a form a form, although it's not the proper form, of Catholicism. I joined in 2004. So I've been um, involved swimming in Catholic waters for at least, for almost 20 years. And most of the people making the accusation that somehow I don't know what the hell I'm talking about haven't even been alive that long. Or if they have... In 2004, they might have been like young kids, toddlers. What I'm new to, what I'm new to is being, and I'm going to stress this very strongly for those of you, uh, what I call the 300 IQ takers. What I'm what I'm new to is actually not only practicing my faith sincerely and utterly, but I'm also new to actually attempting to please God and to be his friend, i.e. being sanctified. So as a matter of charity, I, you know, when people 
spout off at me, I tend to let it slide because, quite frankly, um, you know, we're supposed to be charitable. We're supposed to be charitable. And honestly speaking, the way my personal philosophy runs, I try to lead by example. So if people under uh if, if people around me see me being um falsely accused and I'm just you know not responding and then they get to know me and what I'm all about better and they oh well maybe I should try this. I believe in leading by example, not do uh don't do what I uh don't do what I do, do what I say. You know, uh, most of most of the population in the world lives by that adage. I don't. And by the way, just to make it clear, I didn't live by that adage when um, before I even became or attempted to be a uh, Protestant. When I was just a hedonistic pagan, I didn't do that because the army the army will give you a good life lesson if you have the mind to understand and um one of the first things I learned in the army was that's how ninety five of the ncos and ninety five percent of the ncos and the officers acted and the good ncos and officers did lead by example the five percent But it's very frustrating for me, and this is this is just the my carnal nature. And when I say the word carnal, because I think I used it in a couple previous podcasts, I'm just talking about the natural part of me. The natural part of me hates, and this is divine providence. Because God will hammer you on the things that you hate. I hate being falsely accused by people, quite frankly, if they did know what they were talking about, they would understand automatically without even having to think about that I have a point and then I'm right. Anyhow, so... This is, um, uh, the natural part of me hates it when people who, and I'm going to put it bluntly, don't, uh, as, as we say in, in, in the army, don't know their ass from their elbow, you know, mocking and ridiculing me when they don't, it's it's quite evident that they don't know what the hell they're talking about because if they did, they would know that what I'm saying is absolutely true. They know they would know that, and that they would not mock and ridicule me. But like I said, um, that's the, you know that's God's divine prominence ha- hammering on the natural part of me. And by the way, if you if you read the Old Testament, when the Old Testament prophets were 
um, telling Israel, repent, get your act together, prepare, or otherwise God is going to unleash his wrath upon you. They got laughed at. They got ignored. I mean, maybe a person here and there listened. But for the most part, you know, the, Israeli, uh, the Israelis were like, yeah, dude, nice, you know, nice hair shirt. You know, you're a real weirdo, bro. You know, go pound sand. Um, you know, um, I, I like visiting the temple prostitutes or whatever. And there were temple prostitutes in Israel at the time of the Old Testament prophets. And by the way, just to make it clear for my autistic friends, I'm not talking in the actual Jewish temple. One of the reasons why Israel got invaded so many times by foreign countries was they took on the religious practices of the pagans around them. They had pagan, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, temple prostitutes. Anyhow, so... Another thing that annoys me on a natural level is when people who should know better are celebrating what I call meaningless, meaning, uh, the word I'm looking for is um, meaningless victories. That's not the word, but that's what I'm going to go with. Meaningless victories. And this is the case in point I'm going to get to. To those of you who pay attention to politics, back in 2000, I want to say 18 or 19, there was a video of, uh, of, uh, of a, uh, a set of statues in Georgia, in the United States, called the Georgia Guidestones. At the time, at the time... Um, you know, it was, it was made quite clear. Well, it depended on, on who you, who you got your information from, but there were commentators saying, oh, because there was a bunch of like anti-human crap written on these guidestones. And, you know, depending on who you listen to, um, some of them were saying, well, these are Masonic principles. Now, at the time, um, I wasn't even attempting to be, you know, to get serious about my Catholicism. And number two, um, because I was still being naturally minded, I thought that um, this could be solved politically. This The issue going on present moment could be solved politically. So my attitude was at the time was, well, I don't know much about the Freemasons. Um, and maybe a bunch of Satanists, because that's how it was also labeled, was a satanic, um, the, the George's uh, Guidestones are satanic. And anyone knows who's read their Freemasonry the Freemasonic movement is based on satanic principles. So my attitude at the time was, well, okay, 
Um, okay. Um, my attitude at the time was, well, you know, we'll, 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 uh, you know, we'll check, you know, we'll, we'll either form, uh, self-defense forces. We'll, we'll, we'll do something, you know, physically. But these these whack jobs aren't going to have a crack at us. It was back in 2018-19. Over the course of... Uh, it's been over a year. Over a year. I've come to the realization... Because in his epistle, St. Paul... Don't ask me which epistle. He, he says... We do not fire, I'm sorry, we do not fight against earthly things. We fight against principalities and kingdoms. And what he was saying in that passage was, we don't fight against the earthly realm. We fight against the spiritual realm, which controls the physical realm. I mean... And I understood what that passage meant when I first became a Protestant and started reading the New Testament. You know, now I understand that it being the Bible, there, there are a, a, a lot of stuff that he's talking about that I'm, you know, not even touching upon. And that's true. It is true. But it's, you know, this isn't a theological seminar. Okay. This is a rant. But that's uh, that's a surface viewpoint of that particular um, that particular uh, Bible quote in question. Now I realized I got slightly off track because I said I was uh, that I gotten annoyed. Well, oh, I was giving the background. So anyway. Sometime this week, I'm recording on a Thursday, so sometime between like Tuesday, and, or I'm sorry, maybe Monday and uh, Wednesday, somebody, because at this point, I, you know, I'm not going to research this crap, quite frankly, because as I said, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, meaningless victory, if you even want to call it that. Um, somebody blew up those stones. I want to say there might be like six of them or five of them or some of that, but somebody blew them up. And then, well, blew a couple of them up. Some of them got damaged, and then the state decided to level the rest. And some set of some set of contests that should absolutely know better. That should absolutely know better. Um. And. Um, some of these people were the ones who actually 
got me to research deeper into Freemasonry. Are acting like we had just dropped a, a tactical nuke on Davos, on George Soros, on uh, Klaus Schwab, on Bill Gates, and 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 the rest of the satanic Freemasons that run the world. Now, the reason why I say this is a meaningless victory and it's it's not a victory it's not a victory some 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 statue got damaged and by the way for those of you just even on a political level you're like these jackass progressives that they tear down a, a statue of a dead white guy and they're like oh yes yes we're, we're striking a blow for progressivism. Karl Marx lives. You're no better than they are. You got a statue taken down. Big freaking deal. Does it change people's day-to-day -day existence? No, it does not. Does it advance the cause of true Catholicism? No, it does not. Now, I'm going to give my reasons and they're very succinct and simple. Number one, let's just say, let's just say that it was a disgruntled, um, lone wolf Catholic. And I'm going to, for the sake of this argument, I'm going to say it had to be Vatican II because given what I've seen on social media of actual set of accountants, they're too busy around throwing insults and feeling full of themselves to actually get off their dead butt and do something like this, however symbolic it may be. And he, you know, he, he, he was the one who damaged some of those stones. Okay, um, you know, if, if the Masons really find this upsetting... Basically, what they will do is, is they will track this individual down and you'll never hear from that person again. You know, and, and because the Freemasons are literal agents of disinformation, I'm sure they'll put people throughout the internet claiming responsibility for this. Just to keep you distracted. And by the way, that's all this is. It's a distraction. And because I don't want to get too political, the whole Roe versus Way thing, if you're Catholic, who cares? Because birth control is still legal. But it's a baby's life. Yeah, but it's from the time that the sperm meets the egg. Now, granted, it's more, abortion is more brutal than than birth control but the end result is the still same it's still the same and and i guess the supreme court has made a couple of other rulings that are favorable favorable to quote unquote conservatives if you want to call it that uh by the way a buddy of mine was telling me about this at the end of the day, when he was telling me, all, well, actually, 
I saw where I was working has televisions. I saw the blurb that Roe versus Way had been overturned. And when I was just, it passed my mind. And then I asked my buddy about it later. But my first thought was, okay, yeah, they overturned Roe versus Way. So what? And it turns out, basically, they had turned it over to the states to decide, which, before Roe versus Way, that is how it operated. It was up to the states. It was up to the states. The only thing Roe versus Way did was make it nationwide. Before Roe versus Wade, you you know, say like New York had abortion. You had to travel to New York to get your abortion. And quite frankly, if you're going to murder your kid, you should have to go through some steps. But anyhow, as soon as I, I read this and then I understood the context... And and let's just say they had outlawed abortion completely in all 50 states. I believe that these these little quote-unquote wins that the right wing is getting, they're distractions. Everything is a distraction. The, the, The chief grifter... Um... Glenn Beck, when he had his different disinformation show on Fox, would talk about, and I am I am ninety ninety nine percent certain that if I get into heaven, that I'm going to find out. Yeah, that dude was a Freemason, but he used to talk with one hand. They'll you know they'll have you watching the one hand. While with the other hand, they're doing something completely different. That, you know, the left hand was a distraction. The right hand was the one actually doing something. And he said, watch the hands. Now, I believe that these are distractions. Nothing is going to fundamentally change, people. Nothing is going to fundamentally change. This is just to lull you into a false sense of security so you drop your guard so that when the Great Reset, i.e. the Great Tribulation comes, your sheep being led to the slaughter. Now going back to my second point. Um... If you read the book, and I will put this in my show notes... One more time. Freemasonry unmasked um, or grant the Grand Orient Lodge Freemasonry unmasked by Monsignor George Dillon. It, it talks about how there is a branch of Freemasonry called the Illuminati and basically... The Illuminati and the Freemasons, they're, they're going for the same goal, but they're jockeying for position on who's going, you know, who's, who's rule, who's going to be the top dog, basically, 
Which which branch of Freemasonry is going to be the top dog? Now, anybody who's read this book, he says this. He, uh, Monsignor Dillon talks about this. And, and by the way, anybody who, who has human experience and, and a little bit of observational skills, though, it's human nature. Whenever you have two alphas going for the same goal, they're going to fight against each other because they want to be the one in charge. And generally how it works in the secular realm, at least in totalitarian terms, the guy who loses ends up getting shot or killed. This is just human nature. So the fact that the Illuminati and the, the Freemasons are going at it hammer and tongs is, should be no uh, shock to people with uh, observational skills. So from my second point being, this could be one brand, the, the Illuminati going against the Freemasons or the Freemasons going against the free, uh, Illuminati. It could be an um, inside warfare in which, once again, you you every time while I'm speaking, keep these two thoughts tattooed in your brain. In the end, this act, what does it serve? Does it serve the one true Catholic Church and Jesus Christ? Or is it just a symbolic victory? And by the way, um, this does not serve the, the, the one true church of Jesus Christ or his cause for that matter. You know, it just means the two, pre, two branches of the Freemasons are having a turf war, which if you read the book, they always have. Number three. Number three. Oh, that's another thing too. When I talked about distractions, this is exactly what I consider this incident. A distraction. It's to get you all excited. Yay! Yay! The Masonic Freemasons got their statues ripped down. Yay! Yay! Grow up, people. Grow up. You're, you're acting no better than the SJWs. Come on. Act like you've got a freaking brainstem. For goodness sake. The, 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 the guidestones getting damaged don't mean crap at the end of the day. They don't mean crap, people. Wake up. Anyhow... That was my third point. That this is this is this is uh in military intelligence terms there's an act known as a false flag operation in Vietnam the whole but I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with the with the whole Vietnam war thing. What started what caused the United States government to send troops into Vietnam? was some destroyer in North uh, Vietnamese waters got attacked, supposedly, 
by two North Vietnamese PT boats. And they called it the Gulf of Tonkin incident. It later came out long after it was predetermined that America was going to lose that particular conflict, that the whole thing was a false flag. It never happened. Once again, the Georgia Guidestone incidents, false flag, false flag. You should know better. If by, you know, and by the way, I'm aiming this comment at the people who should know better. Not at the person who was like me and, you know, acting out of ignorance or whatever. This is aimed, this last part is aimed at the people who should know better. You know about false flags. You know how um, basically secular militaries took their page out of the Freemason handbook. And false flag operations is one of them. So once again, it's a distraction. It, you know, um, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We used to have a saying in the U.S. military, but it was also for people who followed um, American football. Act like you've been there before. In other words, if, 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 well, I don't know. In, in, in the fact, in the U.S. military, if you did something and got a little recognition, you know, maybe a good conduct medal or certificate or whatever, you know, if you acted like a jack wagon, yeah, all that, yeah, your, your, your sergeant, he was a good sergeant, would say, shut up and act like you've done this before. In American football, this was in, this was popular with fans. Actually, some coaches made comments about this. When a wide receiver would run in a touch, uh, uh, w- uh, um, would run in a reception for a touchdown, they would do stupid little dances and crap. It was more egoism than anything else. And, you know, the fans that were in the know and the coaches were in the act like you've been there before. You scored a touchdown. If you're a good wide receiver, this should be a matter of old old habit for you. Matter of fact, when I did follow... When I did follow American football, one of my favorite wide receivers for my favorite football team, it didn't matter. He... He acted the same if he made a reception for 10 yards, a reception for 70, or let's just say 50, or a touchdown. He would take the ball, walk up to the ref, hand him the ball, and go back. He was notorious for doing this. He was absolutely no, And um, that's, I mean, that was one aspect of him that made me really like the guy as a player. He 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 was prof- he was professional to the T. Now I have many faults, many drawbacks. Um, I could probably write a a good sized books on how uh, um, a failed individual I am. 
But one thing to people who actually know me, I cannot be accused of. And by the way, before I even became a Protestant, before when I was a hedonistic pagan, I not only um, admired professionalism, I tried to mirror it at everything I did on the job. But because I was working out of the natural realm, um, if somebody pushed me to the breaking point, then yes, I did lose my, um, my uh, composure and acted the fool. But for the most part, I have always tried to mirror professionalism. Because that, that is one thing I absolutely admire about professionals is they do their job. They, they do it to absolute as best perfection as they can. And then, you know, once they're done, they're done. You know, there's no song and dance or none of that. They're, they're done. Now, so I'm sure a lot of you are asking yourselves, okay, so, if this is a uh, distraction, what, now what? Now, this part is going to be aimed at set of a contest or set of a contests or um, people that I call the true Catholics. Because if you're not set of a contest by now, if you're listening to this episode and you're some sort of Protestant, you're a Vatican II member, or you're Eastern Orthodox, you're not going to like what I say. I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're literally distracted. You are literally distracted because you guys are worshiping a false Jesus. And a lot of people fall into this dumb trap of because, you know, the Protestants say they're worshiping Jesus, the Eastern Orthodox say it, and the Vatican II people say it. They think, oh, okay, they, they take the surface view. Yes, I'm serving Jesus. Why is this wild-eyed madman telling me I'm not? Because the true Jesus only wants to be worshipped in one way, in spirit and in truth. If you're not even making the attempt to research your religion's truth claims, and especially, I, I, I don't think I've ever done this in my previous episodes. I'm going to add to this additional challenge. Compare your religion's truth claims against the pre-Vatican II 1958 and back Catholic Church, uh, I'm sorry, Catholic Church truth claims. Now, for the Eastern Orthodox, they're going to say, well, um, we, we were once known as Eastern Catholicism. That is true, but you had the split, I think in 1092, 
whatever. You had to split. You went your own way. You broke with the the uh, the true vine. You broke with them, and and and, and a lot of you know. Honestly, I can't fault these guys. I really can't. A lot of Protestants who know that Protestantism is full of crap, they go into the Eastern Orthodox because they feel like, um, you know, with all the garbage that's going on in the Vatican II sect, and they make the mistake of thinking these guys are true Catholics, they want no part of that clown show. I can't blame them there. I honestly cannot blame them there. Because it is a literal clown show. But what you need to remember is, it's meant to be a clown show. It's meant to be a clown show. It's meant to keep people out of Catholicism. And by the way, by the way, um, if you have the, um, if you have the blessing from God to go into the Vatican II sect, and realize that, well, something happened because this is not the traditional Catholic Church. That's a true blessing. The reason I'm mentioning this is the reason they don't even want people in the Vatican II sect. Is honestly speaking, the members of the Vatican II sect to the Masonic Satanists that are running it, they're cattle. They're fit for nothing more but slaughter and exploitation. They're cattle. But the people who, you know, the people who might actually come to the true truth, you know, they, they don't want that. So it's a two-pronged strategy. Because once, once you even give the, the Catholic teachings prior to Vatican II a chance, you, you know, if you're especially blessed, you will realize this is the truth. And that will lead you to a true relationship with Jesus Christ and his blessed mother. Okay, so... um, But for Sedevacantis... For Sedevacantis, I'm going to be harsh on you. Because... I, and I've heard the St. Teresa of Avila um, uh, quote, you know, be gentle with others, be hardest on yourself. I basically take that as my philosophy. However, you know, uh, this is also who I am. When it needs to be done, I am going to be harsh and unpleasant. Because that's what you have to do to wake people out of a stupor. You people, you said Vacantis. First of all, you don't even know how blessed you are to even be where you're at. Especially those of you who are fortunate enough to have families who brought you up in this religion. You take it for granted. And quite frankly... You know, he doesn't know me. That's fresh judgment. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the said Vicantis. 
Not the ones who go about their daily existence doing the best they can. I'm not talking about those set of contests. I'm talking about you bozos, you clowns who go on social media and act no better than, than the, the pagan hedonists online that you make fun of, who act no better than the, 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 the heretics online. You don't act any better. But you're so full of self-righteousness. You're so full of um, um, self-assurance. Self-righteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Self-righteousness. That you're unwilling to acknowledge something, number one, that should already be apparent to you that's the truth. But number two, you feel like you can pick and choose the source you get. And see, here's another thing, too. I could have, you know, because I'm basically anonymous, I could have claimed that I was the set of a contest for the past 20 years. But because honesty is my only policy, I'm going to tell you who I am and what I'm about. It's yours to take and leave. But if you're looking at appearances, Lord help me, Sedvacantis, who those of you who have read the Old Testament knows that when Samuel went to David's father, David's father had seven sons. And basically the oldest was a physical specimen. Of a human being. And then the rest. Were a lot. You know they were all impressive specimens. Of humans. But. Samuel anointed David. Who was the youngest. Who was slight in stature. And kind of small. And because his dad. Was carnal minded. He took aside. Uh, Samuel and he's like. You know my son's kind of small. And unimpressive and I'm probably misquoting I don't remember Samuel's exact quote but it was something along the lines of this is God's will or God's ways are not our ways you know you 300 Q I taker set of a contest should know about that story but no, you're too worried about your, your ego, your pride. Nobody can tell you nothing because you're an American set of a contest and you love America and you love the true Catholic Church and nobody can tell you differently. <laughs> you know, you're no better than, than the people around you. You're not, you know. And quite frankly, you want to get butthurt? Get butthurt. It's the truth. Um, that's, that's another thing, too. Part of the issue that I had when I was on Twitter was I was trying to tell them that a, a, a lot of American Sedvacantis, the, 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 um, the um, papal, papal 
encyclical written by Leo XIII against Americanism, which is basically an encyclical against liberalism, is, um, you know, I was trying to say it's not preached on enough. And, you know, granted, I could have been a little more um, artful in my language. Anyone who's consumed this content know articulation is not my strong point. And sometimes I'm even beginning to wonder if getting a message out is one of my strong points. Because it doesn't seem like it is. But that was my bottom line. And people wigged out. And made it all about some set of a contest prelate that it had nothing to do with. Be, but because people lack critical thinking skills, they're infected with egoism and pride. Their first reaction is to act like an a-hole online to the perceived offense. For you set of a contest who are this way, you take this for what it's worth. Get your house in order. Turn your eyes on yourself instead of your neighbor. Fix your house. Then, then maybe you can criticize other people. Um. Let me think. Um. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, Mother Mary. You're all wrapped up in the world. And I keep, by the way, this, this has been a refrain from said of a contest since at least 2015. Well, I got a family to raise. I got a job. I don't have the time. But you have time to consume it's not even news. It's disinformation. You have time to obsess and worry about disinformation disguised as news. You have time to do that. You have time to read about, you know, UFOs or whatever or, or football or baseball or uh, racing, whatever it is that interests you. You have time for that. But you're going to cling, for, you know, with a straight face that you don't even have time to read your Bible, that you don't have time to try to grow uh, um, together with Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, who you claim is your Lord and Savior. You don't have time for that, right? But you have time for everything else. All these stupid distractions. You have time to get on the, on Twitter and act like an a-hole. You got time for that. You got time to go on Facebook and act like an a-hole. You got time for that. And when I first heard this argument, it was last summer, and it was actually when Father Bernard Utley was giving his series on the spiritual life, one of the writers or it might not have been even one of the writers to the show uh, writing in, but he might have mentioned it in passing that a lot of, well, I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, and he's being charitable about it. I've been, you know, I, I you know, you take this for what it's worth. I have been trying to be charitable 
with my fellow human beings, including my quote-unquote fellow allies in the Sedvacantis movement. Um, but you expect me to take you seriously as a, as, as a true Catholic when you're more wrapped up in the things of the world that are an actual distraction than actually getting your house in order and attempting. God doesn't expect, and I've said this ad nauseum, God does not expect you to be a saint unless he wants you to be one. He expects you to make the attempt. Try, try, just, just, just try to have critical thinking skills for once in your life. Just try. You know, you're all about the surface. You're all about the surface. This is why I say you're no better than the modernists. And by the way, I'm not excluding myself from modernism. You know, I'm born in the 20th century. Ipso facto, I'm a modernist. And if you can't recognize that fact, ask God to help you because I can't. You know, and this part is out of charity. This is. Because I do realize, I do recognize this is online. This, you know, what I'm doing is online. I'm basically anonymous. And I keep it that way for a purpose because this is not what this is about. This, you know, this is about doing God's will as I understand it. So, and I understand that there are a lot of grifters out there who, you know, they're trying to fool people. I keep hammering home. You don't have, to, I, I think I'm like at 110 episodes or something like that. You don't need to listen to all 110. Just listen to the podcast introductions. It is now in July. I started in November. The first, the podcast interview, just listen to those six or five, I think, five introduction videos or recordings and compare them to what you just heard and tell me that I'm not being consistent with my message. Tell me that I'm not the same person right now as I am or that, that I was when I started this podcast. You know, that's the best I can do you for. Because I lead a very anonymous existence. We all do, honestly. We all do. And that's another thing, too, that I forgot to cover in one of my previous episodes. Your anonymity is your greatest asset. And what I mean is, this this trying to hide your identity online is useless. You know, it's ultimately useless. 
Because the people that are selling you the junk that you think is giving you a false sense of security are the same people who are working for the satanic Freemasons. I'm talking about if you live, um, if you're not prominent, you just go to work and do your thing and you're, you know, you, you have your neighbors, you're known to your neighbors, but outside of that, nobody really knows you. Your anonymity is your best asset. Because when the Great Tribulation comes and they're hauling people away, if not outright killing them, um, you know, you, if, if, if you're not, uh, well known in any way, you might be able to just slip out and move to somewhere anonymous and nobody will know anything. And by the way, by the way, this is another reason I hammer home the spiritual point. Uh, I'm sorry, the spiritual life is because if you've got a good relationship with God and he's leading you, then when the great tribulation comes, if he if he wants you to to move to a to an isolated location, he will give you the promptings. But how are you going to do God's will if you can't even understand it yourself? Um, and that's another thing too. If he wants you where you're at, you're gonna stay. You're gonna stay. Anyhow. Let me go through my mental notebook and make sure that I haven't missed anything on um, the criticism of said of a contest. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, Mother Mary. One last thing for you, said of a contest, you self-righteous pigs. And by the way, when I say this, I'm not saying all said of a contest, but to the, the self-righteous pigs who happen to be said of a contest. You need to, there are plenty of books in the traditional Catholic library that talk about the amount of the few that are actually saved. And these books were written be, well before Vatican II. That a lot of these books were written well before Vatican II. So, Maybe you should meditate upon that before you get comfortable. Before you, um, there's, there's a word. There's a word I'm looking for when I'm saying the word comfortable. Um, complacent? Yeah, complacency. You know, oh, I'm good to go. I'm in the right church. I'm practicing the right doctrine. Nobody can tell me from, uh, tell me apart from the average person I live around, but, you know, I'm going to the right church. I'm good. Complacency. We, we had a saying. This was an actual saying in the U.S. Army in the 80s. Complacency kills, and it does. You know, if, if your attitude, and by the way, read any books about wars from, you know, for the past. 
if you're if, if you're if if you're an NCO, a sergeant leading a patrol through enemy territory, and your attitude is, "Well, I didn't get shot up yesterday, so um, we're probably not going to get shot up today." If each patrol doesn't start off with the same mindset, "Yesterday was yesterday, today is today," then you're you're tap dancing through a landmine field. You're literally tap dancing through a landmine field. Anyhow, guys, um, I'm pushing an hour and um, I think I've covered most of what I need to get covered. You know, um, you know, if if there are those of you who want to make it about personalities, not the message. You go ahead and write this off, but um, I, I would say that, you know, there's a reason for me saying this, and it's not my reason. It's not my reason. You know, you could say, oh, he's just saying what's on his mind. Well, you can say that, but, you know, if I turn, uh, um, I'm sorry, if uh, the message God gave me turns out to be right, then you're going to you are going to regret um, blowing off this message. So, <laughs> I I think I said this in a previous podcast, and I know I have, but I'm not sure how far back it was. I am doing this podcast in reparation. For my hatred of my fellow man. Okay? So, when I say that I want to say, see as many people get to heaven, and I want to see um, uh, that I'm praying for everyone, take it for what it's worth. You want to you you want to dismiss it? Fine, go ahead. I don't care. It's your life, not mine. But I'm not in the habit of saying things I don't mean. So, um. I appreciate you listening. I really do. Um, even if people think I'm full of garbage and that I'm a, a ranting and foaming at the mouth madman, if you listen to the you know 56 minutes, I appreciate it. Thank you. You didn't have to listen. Um, and to whoever my core audience might be, I hope and pray that you got something out of this. I really do. And I thank you for listening. Because of the analytics, I'm not really sure if I have a core audience. It doesn't matter if I do or not. To people in general, if you're listening, thank you. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.